morning. Well, that was fun. We sang a, a new song this morning, which apparently was an old song. Um, the one where the, um, it talked about the African sun, the Amazon rain, the Asian fire. What a great song. I, I thought I knew every song. I'm, apparently, I'm not as old as I thought I was, because they said, oh, that's an old one. But uh, do some of you know it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's my new favorite song. If somebody would put that on my playlist, that would be great. Okay, we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount at the moment, and I want to remind you that throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is dealing with the heart. What he's doing is he's moving the goalposts for how we live from um, the action of sin to the heart where it's, where it's conceived, and, and so in, we're going to pick up in chapter 6 this morning where he's going to start talking about how this is worked out in our everyday lives. So if you've got a Bible, find Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to, in fact, one of the things we do here is we, we stand when we read God's Word. So why don't you stand again? So Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. The word of the Lord. Take a seat. So a lot of the translations translate this a little, little differently, but this, this word charitable deeds really means live your life before. What Jesus is talking about, who do we live our life before that, that results in the actions of our life? And, and a lot of the translators talk about how we deal with the poor, and we're going to talk about that, but it's much wider. This is how do we live our lives? Do we live our lives before men, or do we live them before God? Since the start of this church, we've had the privilege of taking care of the poor, it's not something we, we shout about. It's not the most prominent ministry in this, this church, but it's very important to Juliet and I. What we do for the poor is an overflow of what Jesus has done in all of our lives. And somebody sent me a picture from Morrison's, and it should come up on the, on the screen at any moment now. Or it won't. Yes, there you go. And if you go into Morrison's, it'll say, pick up a bauble, pay for it when at your checkout, and we'll pass on 100% of your donation to Chroma Church Food Bank. Now, obviously, I don't want to do adverts for Morrison's, but don't shop in Asda, Tesco, or anywhere else. You got it. 
I just, I just love it. We can partner with, you know, one of, one of the things we found during, uh, well, we've found all the time, actually, of working with, you know, these big, big companies. And, you know, often in the news, the big companies are getting a bad rap. I want to tell you, we've only found them to be incredible, incredibly generous to us. And we, we've got two big containers that they help fill with food every single week. And I, I just want to, you know, sometimes, you know, so in all seriousness, Asda, we love you. Tesco, we love you. Morrison's, we love you more. Um, today. <laughs> but just, and I, I, just so you know, this year we've had the privilege to support over 720 households, which equals 1,650 people regularly. That's not one off, that's week in, week out. Um, we've given over 3,000 emergency food parcels. And, and what I would say to you is, if you want to be part of this, give your tithe, that's what we were just doing, but you can also give to compassion. And um, I'll tell you about that in a minute. We're coming up to Christmas, and we've always, as part of our family tradition, we've always given to the poor, we give to the poor during the year, but, but we've given a proportion of our, the money we would spend at Christmas, we have given to the, the poor. And this year we're going to do, in the church, we're going to do baskets with gifts. So we're going to do baskets for women, baskets for men and children, and it's going to have a, a, a little toy in. And then on the 4th of December, so you can give towards that, and the QR code, you can scan it and that'll take you straight to it. Um, and then on the 4th of December, uh, we have a wrapping party. And you, you can come along here. We're just going to wrap all the presents that some will have been donated, some we will buy from the money that is given. And every, we're just going to have fun wrapping up all the presents. And then on the 14th of um, December, we do a meal for our food bank guests. And again, if you want to get involved in that, you can talk to any of the team and they would love to get you connected. And, and I think what I would say to us as a church, you know, many of us give regularly. We, and, and I'm saying, again, we give our tithes. We believe that the first fruits come straight to God. It's how we switch the lights on, pay the rent, put the chairs out, everything there. But you can also give regularly to the poor if you'd like. And you can, again, you can go on our website and you can click, I want to give this much every month. And that 100% of it will all go straight to the poor. So what is Jesus saying in this passage? And I've got to talk quick. He says, take heed, you do not do your charitable um, deeds or take heed, you do not live your life before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, as you live your life, don't sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory for men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And you might be going, but hold on, Steve, you just did it. You just blew your own trumpet and you told everybody what you've done, so you've lost your reward. That's not what Jesus is talking about. I don't, I, I, and I want to try and help you understand that. You see, the giving of alms, giving to the poor, is, is a deed of mercy. And the reason we give to the poor is because Jesus has been merciful to us. We're so grateful for what he's done in our life, so it is a flow out, so we show mercy to others. 
But here, Jesus is not just dealing with the poor. He's dealing with the motivation and the orientation of our hearts, how we live our lives, our heart orientation. So I'm going to do three, three things. There are probably many more. But the first one is the praise of men. John 5, 44, how can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? Jesus is saying, stop seeking glory from one another. Do you know, I think this is one of the greatest sins in the church, when our eyes are on each other. We're looking at what each other are doing. We, we measure ourselves by each other. And what Jesus is saying, this causes unbelief. When you're looking around, your faith will go down. Why? Well, because you're measuring what can happen by the people around you instead of heaven. You see, when you start to measure by what heaven can do, faith rises. When we're constantly just comparing ourselves with each other, uh, Jesus says that causes unbelief and so it reduces faith. You see, when it comes to the praises from people, we'll look to what they want and not do what God wants. We'll act out in front of them and instead of acting out in front of Jesus. You see, what, what I've noticed is that when we're looking for the praise of men, we live disappointed lives. You know, when constantly you're looking to see if somebody notices you, you're disappointed. You know, nobody ever notices me, boo-hoo-hoo, I'm taken advantage of. I do all these things and no one cares except the person who really matters, Jesus. This is the point of this story. You do what you do before God. You see, Jesus wants us to learn to live before an audience of one, the Holy Spirit within us. Whatever we do, we do before him for his glory, not for people, because they will always disappoint us. So we don't go for the praises of men. The next one, number two, is quietly congratulate ourselves. Anyone ever do that? I do this all the time. <laughs> Whenever I do a job at home, I, I stand in front of it. You know, I, I've done, done something, I'm going, oh, Steve, you are so good. <laughs> I mean, you are amazing. And, and um, I, I can't help myself. Um, but, but, when we give a service to make ourselves feel good, it can become a spirit of, of self-congratulation. Now, now, I have to do it in my house. You know, um, no, Juliet does. No, she does. You do. You do congratulate me. It's just not enough. I need more. <laughs> I need more. You know, that looks nice. It's not good enough. <laughs> so anyway, Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be done in secret. Now, what's Jesus doing here? Jesus is dealing a death blow to your old life. Okay, so when you come to Jesus, we die. That's what baptism is all about. And He lives in us. So what Jesus is saying, you need to die to yourself with your self-centeredness and self-righteousness. That's your old life. That's gone. And now you're going to be raised Christ-centric. 
We're going to be Jesus-centred and we're going to live for him. Uh, let me read you uh, um, from Luke. We might, hopefully we get time. We should be able to do, do all the, all the, nearly all the Gospels. I love this story. He spoke this parable, this is Luke 18. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. You see, immediately they were comparing themselves with people. I thank you I'm not like that person. You know, one of the saddest things in the church at the moment is judgment. We cast judgment on people. Oh, thank you, I'm not like that preacher. Thank you, I don't dress like that person. Thank you, I'm not a show-off like that. And Jesus is saying, stop it. Stop it. Stop looking around. He turns his attention to the tax collector. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. means just as if I'd never sinned. Rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. What's Jesus' point? When you are Christ-centric, Everything you do is out of gratitude because I was once a sinner and his amazing grace has forgiven me and set me free. Everything I do, I now live out of the overflow of the grace of Jesus. You see, this is really important. I don't give or do things so that I'll get his forgiveness. I give or serve because of his forgiveness. There's nothing I can do to make Jesus love me more. He gave his life. He died on the cross. What I do now is because of what he's done in my life. I, 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 will, I will show acts of mercy not so that you'll see or not so that I can self-congratulate myself, but out of an overflow, this is what Jesus does. Because Jesus does it, I now do it. You see, we start, what Jesus is saying is, I want you to learn to develop divine forgetfulness because you're overwhelmed by my grace. So, so if somebody says to you, you know, well, how much do you give to the poor? Oh, I've got no idea, but I hope it's a lot. Because it should be a flow out. It shouldn't be, well, I've given this much. It's no, I've got no idea how much I give to the poor. Because every time I get an opportunity to give to the poor, I'm giving to the poor. I'm not even keeping count anymore. Just as Jesus doesn't keep count of, of my sin. Or, oh, my, let's put that back on. Or our attitude changes from, oh, no, they're talking about money again, to oh, I hope they'll talk about money because then I can be more generous. It's an opportunity 
for me to give. Well, Jesus is talking about a total change of heart because everything we do is a result of his generosity in our lives. Number three, Jesus is telling us not to live for the praises of men, not to live for our self-gratification, but to live out of the overflow of our relationship with Jesus. What he's saying is all of our giving, all of our service, all of our ministries, everything we are comes from relationship with him before the Father. And I want to read you one more story. This is John's Gospel. And I want you to note some of the characters who are involved in this. This is John 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Don't you love that scene? Can you imagine it? You know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it should, maybe, you know, Jesus was sitting, sitting there at the meal and all of the, all of the guests are there and, and Mary comes and, and, you know, I don't use perfume very much. I know some, some of you guys will use aftershave and stuff like that. Not really that kind of thing for me. Stop. Keep going. Keep focused. Okay. But Juliet, she kind of dabs perfume on. That's not what Mary did. Mary poured it out. She poured the whole pot out. And then she did something really quite shocking. She got as low as you could possibly get. And she starts wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. And the room is shocked. You see, Mary's primary concern is Jesus rather than service for him. She's not operating in the praise of men or the praise of self. This is the bride loving the bridegroom. And I want you to understand, as I said, take a note of who's in the room. Look at what Jesus has done for Mary's family. Martha, we read earlier, was caught up in all kind of anxiety, all kind of troubles. She's just worry, worry, worry. Everything was bad in life. And Jesus changed her life. Lazarus was a hypochondriac who was right. He died. (laughs) And Jesus raised him from the dead. And Mary, according to the other Gospels, was one of the worst of sinners. And Jesus restored her life and forgave her. And here she is in the room giving thanks for what Jesus has done for her family. The amazing miracle that's happened in Martha's life. Martha's still serving, but she's not anxious anymore. Lazarus is alive and well, and everybody can see. But her, she has been restored. She is a friend of Jesus. You see, our service to others has a place, but it should flow out of love for Jesus. But Jesus values even more our personal devotion to him. 
Now, if we read on, you'll see what it looks like when we're dealing with the praise of men. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would portray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had a money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always, but me you do not always have. I don't know if that makes you feel uncomfortable. It shouldn't. For my whole life, we've taken care of the poor. The poor are all around us. The gospel is for the poor, that they won't stay poor. The whole idea of Jesus is coming. He is the it's good news for those that are poor so you don't stay poor. But I can't do anything. I can't help the poor. It's only his kingdom that can bring salvation to them. Anything else is just a sticking plaster. Whatever I give is nothing compared to the life that Jesus has given for every single person here and every single person that walks this planet. And when we worship, it releases the kingdom, the rule and reign of God. That's what we were just doing. You see, it's, it's about Jesus, Jesus. If you have Jesus, pour out your love to him. Mary lavishes her love upon him. And Jesus desires that we would lavish our love upon him. And this is what he says. He says, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And do you know what? Some Christians read this and they've said it to me. They've said, look, I don't really want the reward. Oh, I just do it just for Jesus. The tragedy is they don't understand the Scriptures. It's just Jesus is doing a play on words here. And trust me, you want the reward. Jesus is using two different words for reward. And the first one is, is when you do it before people, the, the Greek word is um, mythos, which means... the the wages for, a, for, the, for the job you've done. You just get paid for what you've done. So when you do it before people or even before yourself, you just get what you paid for. There's your money. But he changes the word. When he says do it in secret before God, he uses a different word that I can't pronounce, but it means to give of one's own self. When we live before men, when... Or before, sorry, when we don't live before men or before ourselves, what Jesus is, is saying is that the Father rewards us by giving of Himself. He makes a deposit in us, the Holy Spirit, in the open for all to see. Jesus is saying, I give myself from the cross for every single one of of you to see and experience. You see, Jesus calls us to live before Him, to never forget we are sinners, to always keep, that's why these crosses are either side, to always keep our eyes fixed on the cross because as He gave everything for us, we now take on His life, we die to our old life and we start living a brand new life. 
And so everything we now do is not for the praises of men. It's not for ourselves to make us feel good or better because he's done it. We're forgiven. We're justified. We don't need to, I don't need to measure myself up with this person or that person. I'm Steve before Jesus. He's come and he's made his home in me. And now I get to live my life before him. I don't need to fear men. I don't need to fear what people think about me. The only person that matters is what does God think about me? And he's made it clear. He loves me. He's given his life for me. He, is, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Anyone who opens his heart to me, we, we will come in, he says, and we will make our home with you. We'll have a meal with you. We're not gonna leave, we're gonna stay. That's how much I love you. And it's a simple question today. Where do you wanna stand? Do you wanna have to stand up for men and wait for them to tell you what a great person you are? Are you gonna do it all for you so you can pat yourself on the back and go, this is, you know, you're doing good, you're doing good. Or more often to the case, I wish I was doing better. Or are you going to stand before Jesus? And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm really pleased with you. I love you. And because now I'm in your life, you're going to see what I can do in your life. And you're going to live for me and you're going to see my miracles in your life. So we ask this question every week. Who wants Jesus? So why don't you stand up?